Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Serial Seller. Our guest today is a keynote speaker. She is a sales strategist and author specializing in B2B sales and sales leadership development. She works with professional services, insurance, technology organizations to accelerate their growth. With over 20 years of client-facing experience, Amy began her career within IBM and Lenovo before pivoting into entrepreneurship. Her book of business includes some of the most worldwide recognized brands. And her book, The Modern Seller, was an Amazon bestseller and was named as a top sales book by Top Sales World. And she's a recognized by LinkedIn as the top sales voice. Amy Franco, welcome to the show. Tony, it is so great to be here. And I, I love your voice doing my introduction. Oh, I'm going to take you, you on the road with me. Perfect. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not cheap, but I'll be delighted to do that. <laughs> all, all good. <laughs> so, so Amy, I know you're joining us from, I, I was going to say sunny Ohio, but I hear it's snowing at the moment out there, right? But Yes, a little bit. But you know what? It'll, it'll turn around soon. It is almost spring here as we're recording this. Awesome. So all good. Love that. So Amy, I always like to, obviously, I know I I shared in your intro, you've got some experience with IBM Lenovo, but before we dive into that uh, and talk about your book, tell, tell the audience a little bit of how you got into the world of sales. How did it begin for you? Interestingly enough, I got into it a little bit by accident, which might be a a similar story that, that other people share. Um, when I when I was in college at university, I had the opportunity to uh, work at some tech companies uh, during the summer, and I did everything from answering the phone to uh, doing administrative work. But I got the opportunity to spend time with professional sellers, and not that I not that I thought that I would necessarily get into a sales career from that. But I think it started to pique my interest because they seemed like they were having the most fun out of everybody in the organization. And uh, so when I graduated from university, I have a background in English literature and communications. And I landed my first job as an inside sales rep for an IBM business partner. And that, that, was my, that was my entrance into sales. And that was the first 10 years of my career. I worked uh, in sales for business partners and then I transitioned to work for IBM and Lenovo. But it all started with kind of piquing that interest and then just landing that first job out of college and it took off from there. I love that, I love that. And obviously you've now pivoted into entrepreneurship. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that, what you mean by pivoting into entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. So, so the first 10 years of my career was all spent in tech, um, all client facing sales related roles and uh, on a quota and all, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I would say that growing up, I always knew that I would either start something or lead, lead something. Yeah. Never knew what that might look like, but I think that's always just been in, in my DNA. And so when I was uh, late 20s, maybe 30, I had the opportunity to make a pivot into an entirely different industry and to strike out on my own. And uh, so I actually got into the learning and development industry and started my own organization. I started off essentially as as an independent contractor designing and developing training programs. So it was a complete departure from what I had been doing, but the common thread is you still have to sell it, right? I was selling it and I was delivering it. And so it really kind of melded together 
a lot of things that I love to do, which was sales and working with clients. I love learning new things. Uh, I'm the person who goes to the conference and sits in the front row yeah, uh, when, when, we're, when we're together again, right? Yeah. Um, so, so that pivot, and I very vividly remember thinking, you know, I could stay on the path that I was on, which was I had a great sales role. I was working at for Lenovo at the time. IBM had spun off its PC division. Or I could strike out on my own. And I very vividly remember I was 30 at the time. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to look back in 10 years and say, I really wish I would have given this a shot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? It doesn't work. And I go and I get another sales role. I want to ask you that because I'm sure some of my listeners are, have thought about pivoting, right, into that world of entrepreneurship. What was your biggest fear when you made that transition? You know, I would say I'm, I'm a planner at heart. So I, I had had a couple of good sales years and was able to, you know, sock away a few good, good commission checks. I think for myself, it was just making sure that I had, you know, just had enough to live off of yeah. while I built the business. That was probably the biggest thing sitting in the back of my yeah. mind. And yep. then the second thing sitting in the back of my mind was, okay, what if this doesn't work out? Yep. And then that's where I had to kind of go through that worst case scenario conversation with myself, with, with family, with friends that I trusted to say, what if this doesn't work out? And, you know, I think the people that we surround ourselves with that we trust are a lot more uh, pragmatic and uh, forgiving of us. Very than much we are. So. And they're just Very like, you know so. what, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So those are probably the two things that sat in the back of my mind as I was it's thinking in, that today. It's interesting you say that about the people you sort of hang around with. And I think it was the famous Jim Rohn, you know, you're the average of the five people that you spend most time with. But, but I think in sales, I believe it's pretty important who you decide to spend time with. And what, what's your opinion on that? I 100% agree with you. Um, when I when I look at the people that I spend time with, I was so I was listening to a podcast uh, earlier this week, and it was with um, Mark Victor Hansen, the Chicken yes. Soup for the Soul. Yeah. Yep. So um, so he has a, a recent book that came out, and it was all about asking. And what he had shared in this podcast, he and his co-author had shared, was that 75% of our thoughts in a given day tend toward the negative, which means only, you know, 25% of our self-talk and what's going through our heads is positive. And, you know, and, and that really struck me and, you know, whether or not someone believes those percentages, I think the, the, mm. the concept or what I took away is that, wow, you know, we really have to be careful about what we're saying to ourselves and what, yep. what we're bringing in. So tying back to your question, I 100% believe the people that we spend time with Yep. either lift us up or drag us down Absolutely. and also how are we for other people are we someone mm, point. that provides that energy or are we someone who you know sucks the air out of the room right i i call them mood hoovers you know Ooh, I like uh, that. <laughs> mood hoovers. but you're absolutely right you're absolutely yeah. right so i I'm, i want to tap into your book the modern seller and I, I haven't read it yet, but I absolutely will be adding it to my book list this year. So tell us a bit about what you mean by the modern seller. So this, uh, this book, I, I like to kind of joke, it was a 20-year goal and a 20-month project to, to actually okay. bring this book, book together. Okay. And uh, the catalyst for the book was in working with my own clients and, and just 
watching my interactions with them, kind of being aware of those, watching them with their own clients. A lot of what I realized was there are just some different types of skills that you need to be really paying attention to. Now, the everyday skills of being able to prospect and qualify and present, all of those things in closed business, none of those things go away. But I was starting to see some skills behind the skills that could make make us better at our everyday sales activities. So a modern seller is someone who is agile. They are entrepreneurial. They are holistic. They are social and they are also an ambassador. And so the book digs into these five capabilities that if we build these in ourselves or maybe if there's a sales leader, sales leaders listening, you build these in your teams. You build these skills, it will make you better in your everyday sales activities. Mm, interesting. So how did you identify these five in particular, like agile, so on and so forth? How did you understand it was those principles or characteristics? You know, it was, as I think about the process that it took to write the book and just looking at, uh, part of it was reading various uh, pieces of research. Part of it was my own anecdotal experience. Part of it was interviewing clients and people that are experts in the industry. And, And as I was looking at what created success, these categories started to show themselves mm. and it, it took me a while to put them together and to put them into those categories but that that's really how the process unfolded and that's really interesting yeah it, it was and and it took, took took a bit to get there but as it really started to to shape up and the, the clarity of those different categories. The other piece to the puzzle is uh, I'm a very practical, you know, action-oriented person. Yeah. And I really wanted this book to be a field guide. So yeah. I was envisioning the sales leader or the individual sales professional. Yeah. What, how could I be the most helpful to you? Mm. So there's, so for each of those five categories, I dig into what it looks like and why it's important. And most importantly, how can you build it in yourselves or in your team? So some very specific actions you could take. Yeah, I think for me, that's key in any book now is how can I implement what I've learned? So one question I always get asked, and I like to ask you, especially as you've done a lot of research, is what's the best behavior to be in sales? So you touched on these five categories but what's what's the best behavior that you should that has the most success in sales? Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to to mindset as, as the category, but I would say that it is it's the the discipline and the desire or the commitment, I should say, the discipline and the commitment to do the small, important activities, daily, weekly, monthly. Um, I get asked a lot of questions about, you know, what's the one thing I, I could be doing, right? And it's it's so challenging to ask that question because there's a lot of little things that yeah. you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say it's the discipline and the commitment to follow mm. through each day on the small things because it's oh, the man. small activities that oh, okay. add up okay. to so the results down the road. Give me an example of three activities or tasks that you do consistently that you feel contributes to, to your success. Yeah. So if I were to, uh, I would put one into the prospecting category for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
It's uh, and and I and and like many sales professionals, yeah. I, I don't love yeah. prospecting. I, I have learned I have learned to like it, and I've learned to to weave it into into my daily activities. Um, so what I try to think about it as I'm getting the opportunity to potentially meet someone, and maybe there's a way maybe there's a way that I can serve them, help them, network with them. So, so those hmm. activities around prospecting, like that. yeah, that, those are, I, that's helped me. That little mindset, yeah, shift, I like shifting that. from the negative to the positive, yeah. if you will. I like that shift. Yeah. Um, so I would say prospecting is one. And what I aim to do, and, and a mentor shared this with me. Um, Alan Weiss is a mentor that I've worked with. Um, can you reach out to you know three people a day, five people a day? It's yeah. not huge chunks of time, but it's small chunks of time. It's achievable, right? It's achievable. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so I would say prospecting is one. The the other activity, and they're closely tied together, is the ability to to qualify yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. And the there's a mindset piece and a skill set piece behind mm. qualifying yeah. an opportunity. Mm. Um, and how and I've been guilty of this. We hang on to opportunities yeah, for uh, longer than we should because we, the, we think that they yeah. might happen sometimes. The maybe, the, the maybe. Yes, but but the ability to ruthlessly qualify and to yeah. again a bit of a mindset piece, be able to let that go. So yeah. that you can, so that you can find the, the exact right opportunity. Yeah. So, so I probably didn't give you exactly three, but those, no, those that's are cool. a, a few, a few things, that's uh, cool. a few things in the in my in in my toolkit that I really. I on. love that. And you said that you're an avid learner. You know, you're the you're the person on the front row taking copious amount of notes at conferences. It. What would you share for my listeners as being your three best lessons that you personally learned along your journey? around my my learning journey yeah yeah okay um the the first one is take great notes our 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 mind only hangs on to so many pieces of information in our short-term memory um if you if you've ever said oh yeah i'll totally remember that and then (laughs) what was that five minutes later that that's it right there great so so take take great notes um find find the one or two things from any learning experience that you can commit to taking some action on. Mm. And for me personally, I need to build accountability in. I Mm. need an accountability partner. I need someone who's a peer or a coach to just have someone to check in with. And um, I'll use my book as an example. I had a, I had a writing coach uh, that was also my publisher that helps me through that process. And we met once a week and it might've been for 15 minutes. It could have been for 30 minutes, but every week I showed up with part of that book written. Yeah. And, brilliant. And so had I not had that accountability, it really could have stretched itself out and yeah. I would have, you know, I would have made up reasons, right? Things yeah. get, life gets in the way kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so that those accountability partners have really mm. made a big difference for me. Yeah, I love that. Actually. I've never considered that, but I think you're right. You at hundred percent. You're more likely to commit and take action. I, I call it when you said about note taking. I call it my sales bible. So anytime I learn anything, I think, oh, I love that. It goes into my sales Bible. And I, I reckon I could, Bible. yeah, I, I do it on my iPhone. So on my iPhone, in my notes app, I've got a sales Bible and a speaking Bible. So if I learn anything that's going to serve my audience when I'm a speaker, goes in there and sales just to develop me, but also ideas to develop my clients. 
So, uh, and then I start to categorize it now. So if it's about mindset or questioning or, or whatever it might be, um, I, my last edition was probably last week, or we were talking about networking. And someone said to me, everyone you know, knows someone you don't. I thought, well, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. So that went in my yeah. networking section. Do you know what I mean? So I thought it was quite clever. So I you love that. Yeah, you mentioned earlier one of your mentors, I think you said Alan Wise. So from all all the mentors that you've personally learned from or some of the great salespeople that you learn from along your journey, what would you say is probably the best bit of advice you've ever been given that's really helped you? I would say the, the best bit of advice, and I've had a lot of coaches and mentors over the years, some some formal relationships, some some informal relationships. Yeah. Um, I would say that probably the best, the best bit of advice, again, comes back to the way in which we think, and Mm -hmm. then how our thoughts inform our actions. So we, and sometimes we have to take action Mm -hmm. to produce the thoughts. So it's, it can Mm -hmm. be sort of a, you you might have to reverse engineer that a little Mm -hmm. bit, but, but I'd say the best bit of advice is to always work on our mindsets and yeah. the way in which we're showing up because then that informs our actions. And the, the other bit of advice, I just heard this one recently, um, is the idea of our comfort zones being an addiction. And I never thought about hmm. it. That what way. do you mean? Like, Tell me, elaborate on that. Yeah. So, so the idea being that we will gravitate toward what's comfortable yes. and it, it, it kind of pulls us, it can pull us back in like almost like an addictive behavior. Mm. And so we have to be really aware of when we're sitting in our comfort zones or when we maybe need to build a new habit that's going to kind of push us past what we're comfortable with and Mm. always be aware of, am I pushing myself past what's comfortable so that I'm continuing to grow and not letting myself just get sucked back in my comfort zone all the time. Yeah, I thought so too. I loved it. it. It's so easy to do. And so you touched on mindset there. And I know you shared a really good sort of um, shifter earlier about when you said you were talking about prospecting, you, you said about it's an opportunity to meet new people. And I love that. I love that perspective. What, what, what strategies do you personally use to get yourself into the right mindset sales? Yeah, you know, um, I, I try to do a little bit of what I call a mental reset. And we're, we're, we, run, we run so fast these days and we have so many things going on. I'm sure most people watching or listening to us right now are probably double and triple booked between professional, yes. professional obligations, personal obligations, you know, all of that. And it's really easy to run from one thing to the next. And so one of the things I try to do for myself is in between each conversation, whether it's something in person or something like we're doing here, just try to take a minute for a bit of a mental reset and mm. just to get myself present and focused mm. into the conversation that I'm coming into. Mm. Um, I, and I, I'm guilty of this and I'm going to guess other people do this too. Sometimes we're thinking about what's next and we're yes. not sitting in the moment, that ability to stay in the moment. So I try to do a little mental reset in between each call or meeting just mm. to help me stay fresh and to, to help me recenter myself. Oh, I think that's great advice. I, some advice I give in coaching is 
when we do a sales call, it's very easy to jump straight into another call. Whereas I like to, I like to reflect and, and ask myself, you know, what's the most I could have taken out of that call and what did I take? And I, and I think when those two questions, the answers tally up, that to me is a perfect call when you get every opportunity from it. Yeah. And to, and to follow on to that thought, one, one of the things I try to do after any, any call or meeting, whether it's someone, someone I'm just meeting for the first time, yeah. or if it's a client I've been working with for, for years, I, I try to take a little bit of that same time to reflect, pull my notes together, yeah. and then I will send a short follow-up of, mm-hmm. you know, here, here's what we covered. Here's, here are some of the things I'm taking on. Here are some of the things that you said you wanted yeah. to take on. Yeah. And just just that extra 10 or 15 minutes that that might take while it's still fresh, it helps me. And, and I get a lot of clients and prospective clients say, that was really helpful just to, to recap our conversation. Now I can go back yeah. to it. So that, that, that note-taking idea. I again. love that. So I call that actually, I came up with this this morning randomly and I'm going to label it soys, which is at the end of every meeting, I think we should summarize, even be on the call or in an email. At the O is our commitment, what we've committed to doing. The Y is your commitment, what you said you're going to do. And the S is the next step. So, soys, summarize argument. I thought it was quite a nice way to remember it. I I like mnemonics or acronyms, just helps me remember, right? Yeah, absolutely. Same here. So, you you mentioned a couple of books during this call. Obviously, your modern seller, you mentioned Chicken Soup for the Soul, which Jack Canfield, you know amazing books what what would you say has been the best maybe three books you've read either on sales or leadership or or self-development that's really worked for you yes great question so i'll tell you about a couple that have been in my library recently um so one of my just one of my perennial favorites is the power of habit from charles duhigg the 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 book is probably a, a, a decade old um yes but he's a uh I think he's a New York Times reporter and he's written a number of books, but that's one of my favorites. I, mm. I, I have it on my bookshelf. I, I actually refer back to it pretty often. It's a, it's a really great read on how our brains formulate habits and how we yeah. can reprogram our habits. I love that. I love that. So, so that's, yep. That's a perennial favorite. Um, I absolutely love the book. Um, when from Dan Pink, I'm, I'm a big Dan Pink fan. I yeah, have read he's amazing. almost all of his books. That's not his most recent one, but that that's one, one on my bookshelf. I read um, Drive. This... I think he oh, did yeah. Drive, uh-huh. didn't he? Which is a great yep. book. Yeah. So, uh, what I, what I like about when it's all about uh, the, the secrets of, of perfect timing and, and how, how to think about timing and maximize what we want to accomplish through understanding timing and it was just yeah. a really interesting really interesting and unique take oh that i'll that read I that i've never read that if you like the the power of habits there's a great book called atomic habits by james oh, clear yeah. mm-hmm. really good book i really really I will take that one down that. i've heard of it yeah. but i've not read it really good um, book and then there's another book that I'm reading right now. It's uh, it's called Radical Candor from, okay. I think Kim Scott is the okay. author. I would put that okay. into the, the communication leadership realm. Um, but it's it's the idea of how to, how to communicate mm-hmm. in a way that is both direct and caring and compassionate to not only help ourselves move forward, but, but to help people that we might be working with or you know, in our personal lives 
also to just to improve the way in which we're communicating. Um, so, so that that's a book. I'm a, I'm the board chair of a, of a nonprofit here, uh, the Girl Scouts. Uh, in our uh, local area, and wow. my CEO and I are reading that together. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's been it's been a good good way to to partner up and share some of those ideas. So uh, so th- those Brilliant. are three that have been on my bookshelf as of recent. Oh, I've written those down. That's that will definitely go into the book reading with your book for this year. Um, if you could go back to your original self when you started out in sales, and I think it was at IBM, I think you said was your first role, knowing what you know now. What advice would you have given yourself back then? Ooh, um, I keep saying that like, ooh, to every question because they're such good questions. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I would say, so when I started my sales career, I was in my, you know, early, early to mid twenties in, you know, so that was, you know, 20, 20 or 25 years ago now. You're looking um, good, Amy. You're looking good. Oh, why, thank you, Tony. <laughs> See, this, this, this is why I'm taking you on the road with me. Um, yeah. So when I think about that person in her early to mid twenties, I would encourage her to make sure that you're being, you know, just to, just to know that you, you have what it takes to come from that place of inner confidence and to be willing to step out of that comfort zone because, Mm. because it's all going to work out. Mm. It's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And you're, you're, you're going to get to those places and be successful. Mm. So just have that patience, have that confidence and know that it's all going to work out. I love that. What a lovely message. You know, where there's a will, there's a way, right? So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm an absolute believer in that. Um, Amy, where's the best place for my audience to reach out to you, learn, you know, read about your book and read about what you, you do and you're involved with? Yeah, so the best place would be my website. It's uh, amyfranco.com and it's uh, A-M-Y-F-R-A-N-K-O.com. Um, you are also welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn, also Amy Franco. Perfect. And your book, is that available? I take it on Amazon as well as your website? It is, yep. Amazing, amazing. Look, thank you so, so much for your time. I've really enjoyed the chat. And you've get, definitely given me, but hopefully my listeners, some food for thought, you know? In, in, in how they can help grow their sales pipeline and win more business. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Thanks very much.